0: How's it going, everyone? We're here with episode 64 of Fear Frequency, and if you're a new listener, this is a weekly horror podcast where George and I scream at each other really loud and don't even use words. I'm your host, Jimmy <laughs> Champagne.
1: And I'm George Bizarre. Uh
0: We'd also really appreciate it if you gave us a review over on iTunes, uh, five stars only. Don't give us a four and a half star. <laughs> we don't want it.
1: Uh, and you can always email us at fearfrequencypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'll read your message on the show.
0: Okay, do we have any new emails or iTunes reviews?
1: Uh, No, we do not. We're still sitting at 61 reviews on iTunes.
0: What the fuck, guys? Come on. <laughs> Review us. I know how many people download this show every week, and we have less reviews than that. But anyways, speaking of people who are cool and listen to the show, our friend Etrept, he's got this 3D printer, and he made like a Death Trooper helmet, some other stuff. He posts it on the Discord all the time. But he also made George and I fear frequency switch game case holders. And George's is on his way because he asked me for George's address. I typed it into Discord and forgot to hit enter. <laughs> so George, yours got shipped out 24 hours later than mine. But mine arrived, and it's beautiful. It's a very nice.
1: Yeah, looks good.
0: Yeah. he So, like, he used this really cool block font for the... um the like fear frequency logo but he got the cue right with that custom cue i made because the Q in our logo oh, yeah is an original creation by me i like wrote out fear free when- see. like I, I left a space for the Q and then i made this Q to be like a radio dial and he got it right so that's pretty cool
1: that's patented it's protected by law <laughs> that Q.
0: he was really up. he was like really freaking out because the fear is blue but obviously our fear is purple But he didn't know that Mm. because he's colorblind. But the blue looks great. (laughs) I think the blue looks awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Yours is on its way, so you'll have it soon. Um, Yeah, I'm
1: very stoked. That was uh, very nice of him to make us something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm not, that that level of kindness was off putting to me. I was like, (laughs) God.
1: wasn't expecting thank you so to much be nice
0: <laughs> so uh he's in our discord he's on he's on twitter at tript. he plays a ton of games he's always in there with childish shinatra who's grayson they're like both really cool can personally vouch for them um and and we showed them jake baldino's podcast and that'll be the first and last time we could say that i think
1: because i feel like we've we've been able to introduce them to something as opposed to the other way around yeah
0: it's like it's not this influx of listeners we got from jake and andy (laughs) we sent grayson and uh that trip over there we give back where we can i guess yeah but anyways this week we're coming at you live from the brass buckle hotel in texas i think we have some news on Zombieland Two, Three 2 3 from hell creep 3 and more segment 2 we're reviewing puppet master the littlest reich which is now on Shutter, which is why we're reviewing it. We're not just like... Just, there's a reason for it. Then just
1: pull it out of a hat.
0: Yeah, so the first thing, George, you have on here... George has been doing the docs for like a month now, guys, and he's doing a great job. So give him a virtual <laughs> round of applause. But first thing he has on here is that Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg, they were uh, in some interview of some sort, and they started talking about Zombieland 2 Double Tap, which is now filming, and Harrelson said... What we've shot so far, I'm really impressed with. Getting to hang out with these guys, Emma and Abby and Jesse and Ruben, I feel so luck, so lucky. Really, really lucky. You know, it's literally laughing all day long like it's your job, blah, blah, blah. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm excited for this movie. It feels like there's not enough hype for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was weird. Like, they basically released the trailer as a meme where... <laughs> People were not entirely sure if it was serious or not but then all the news that comes out is like no it's it's serious and we have all the original cast and writers and everybody's on board and it's filming so it just doesn't feel real like it still feels very like
0: it just went too perfect
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like nothing about it seems like it should be working as smooth as it looks like it is from the outside
0: yeah they're filming it right now it's gonna be out in october which is great I'm sure it'll have a big budget, cause like Ruben Fleischer is the director, I think, and you know he went through literal hell on Venom. Like they cut out half his movie and shit. So I feel like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he went to Sony and is like, look guys, I'm making Zombieland Two, and there's no ceiling on this check. Like you better give <laughs> me a blank check for everything I want to do on this movie, because it's happening whether you want to pay for it or not. So we can finance this however you guys want. I'm making Zombieland Two, and they were like, okay.
1: Yeah, it'd be a bad look if two movies in a row, the main actors come out and go, yeah, all my favorite parts of the movie were cut out and are on the editing room floor. That's so
0: funny with Riz Ahmed. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut up, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Tom Hardy. That's so funny, dude. Did you ever see Venom? No, I actually
1: never ended up seeing that. I was going to wait for it to be on some kind of streaming service, and I think it was on HBO. It might still be, but I haven't checked it
0: out You have yet. HBO? Yeah. Can I have your login after the podcast?
1: <laughs> no, Jimmy, that would be illegal.
0: No, okay. So I asked my coworker Matt for his login, coworker and friend, and he was like, "I would give it to you, but I gave my dad an Apple Watch and his email got hacked and he's convinced that it's because of the Apple Watch and so I <laughs> he has two-factor verification on his HBO now, <laughs> so I can't give out the password. I was like, man.
1: He'd just be like looking at his watch. go, I fucking knew it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was like, damn it. All right. Cool. That's good to know. Uh, anyway, I'm excited for Zombieland 2. I hope. I don't remember. The effects were all pretty practical in Zombieland 1, right? I don't remember it looking yeah, bad. Uh, but we were also in like eighth grade. I think there was
1: like. I think there was some CGI blood. But I think for the most part, most of the um, kills and zombie head explosion stuff looked fairly practical if i remember correctly it's been a while since i've watched Zombieland. it
0: was very inspired by the world war z book like where he had his rules you know he had to follow and stuff and they yeah, did definitely. that splinter cell thing where the the rules would be painted on walls and stuff at, in in like digitally and crap like that
1: right it kind of played with the environment to kind of be a character in this in the movie more so than just a backdrop
0: yeah i kind of i want to watch that movie Maybe we should do that next week, since nothing's coming out this weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's it's time for a rewatch, for sure, on that series. Yeah,
0: I almost... I guess the first movie. I thought my Us screening was this week, and I almost went to the movie theater. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to double check. And I'm glad I did, because it's a week away. I was like, fuck.
1: <laughs> Just, like, showed up. You're like, well, I'm here to see Us, so somebody better play it for me. Oh my
0: god, I was so so mad, dude. <laughs> it's like, this is... I'm so glad I checked but anyways next up on here chilling adventures of sabrina season 1b is coming back next month so this was announced by a bunch of websites as season two i just want to point out and i know for a fact i was like no this is the second half of the first season there's no way they could shoot an entire second season that quickly and everyone was like no jimmy you're wrong no i'm fucking right <laughs> april 5th 2019 you can see the second half of Season 1 of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. There's going to be lots of romance, lots of horror. It's really good. Someone's Robert Aguirre-Sacasa is really excited about it. He also says it's a little sexier. I don't like that, but... <laughs> what, what do you think about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina?
1: I actually really liked um, the first part. Yeah, the... you're, you're
0: really into these shows, right? Like, these network TV-style trashy dramas, I guess. Yeah, they're a
1: bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I mean, I think... I was, like, pretty into the first season of Riverdale. Like, I thought that was a pretty awesome show. And this feels very similar to that, except it had more witchcraft and H.P. Lovecraft-inspired stuff, which I was very much into. Mm -hmm. I I I ended up liking the first part of this show more than I thought I would. Like, I was going into it thinking, this will probably be pretty good, but... I ended up actually getting really into it once I sat down and watched it.
0: I need to I need to just binge it. I st- I've watched like three or four episodes. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know why I fell off. I don't really watch a lot of TV anymore. Like, I make videos, I do this, and I play video games, and there's just not a lot of time mm-hmm. with all the movies and stuff I go see in between. Right. But I started this other show that's pretty, pretty cool called Project Blue Book. It's on history, and it's like a drama yeah. with Littlefinger... And it like takes the real, the real UFO Project Blue Book stories and turns them into like X Files typed episodes. It's really good. I'm like four episodes in. I'm actually gonna finish it.
1: I saw that. Like I saw previews for that, but I wasn't sure if that was like a show or if it was a series. But it's like that's it's a scripted series.
0: Really good effects. Like the first episode's about a UFO, like a dogfight. This World War Two pilot had with a UFO basically. Mm-hmm. Where he crashed, landed his plane because the UFO ripped the wing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. But the acting's yeah, but really the good. The official
1: story from Project Blue Book was that aliens obviously don't exist. Yeah, they so. said
0: it was a weather balloon.
1: <laughs> that ripped a wing off. The yeah, that like carved <laughs> out a chunk
0: of this guy's wing. But the acting's really good. The <laughs> costume like Robert Zemeckis is the executive producer on this, so he's it's really got everything nailed down right and it's not like a small show like i don't really need to make a case for it i think like it was the most watched show on cable for a while for the first season oh, yeah and they just renewed it so hmm. i don't know i think that show's really good i think if it was on netflix yeah. it would be doing really well instead sort of the history channel
1: <sighs> well it seems to not really be at home with a lot of the history channel original programming where they do like kind of scripted reality shows where they'll have like american pickers and uh like ancient aliens and all that they've started separating
0: the wheat from the chaff there like i know they've canceled a lot of those (laughs) shows but they definitely i think they still have pawn stars and they they still have american pickers but they're going all in on scripted content because they also have a night like a night's show like a medieval night show and mark hamill is a main character in season two is that the Vikings? Yeah, uh, no, no. What? The- it's a newer show. It only had one season. It just oh, I forget. The Vikings also got pretty crazy. I remember people liking that.
1: And that's a History Channel show as well, right?
0: I think. I think so. It might be Discovery. I don't know. I don't know. But Mark Hamill's going to be in some History Channel show. So they're they're, they're spending money. But yeah, Project they're Blue trying Book. To dude, get that
1: <clears throat> worth a watch.
0: Yeah, if you're like into like Area 51 like the real project blue book like feel like the mm-hmm. x files i think it's a good show it's a really good show cuz they I they know, just want to uh, prove they want to pin everything on the russians isn't it cuz it's during that mm-hmm. cold war era
1: yeah i remember there was uh it was touched on briefly in a the last podcast recent series on the skinwalker ranch and I thought that, that seemed like pretty interesting yeah. subject matter that I wanted to check out. That's
0: what made me kind of like look into it. And I saw an ad for it because I was watching mm-hmm. American Pickers. But the one gripe I have with this History Channel app is that they only have like two ads and or two or three ads. And like some of them are one of them's Clothing Company and other ones like HelloFresh or whatever. But the third one that plays the most is for 24 hour fitness. And it's just this bitch named Amy flexing on me. <laughs> Like, it sucks, dude, because I've been going to the gym a lot, right? Like, I've been going religiously every other day since, like, January. And I haven't really – I missed a couple days just because of traveling and stuff. But on those days, I walk, like, 10 miles. So it all evens out. Mm -hmm. This this bitch, Amy, she's got this app (laughs) from 24 Hour Fitness that, like, tells her all the workouts she's got to do. And she's, like, doing Zumba and yoga and, like, definitely lifting way heavier weights than I can lift. And I just (laughs) – I'm subjected to this ad. And so, like, the way this app works is there's, like, six ads per break, and because they only have three mm-hmm. different ads that they cycle through, <laughs> they four of them, them, at least, will be this Amy bitch, like, in a row, <laughs> just flexing on me. It's like, I already go to she 24 just shows Fitness.
1: To, <laughs> just shows up to bully you while you're watching the show. Just like, wow, you're sitting here watching a TV show? You piece of shit. It's framed like it's <laughs> a targeted gym, ad, like but they
0: should know that I, like, I'm paying for a nicer 24 hour fitness. Cause if I pay for a normal one, it's farther away from my house. I want to go to the one that's around the corner. Much nicer. Also costs $10 more a month. The one that they shot this ad in also is an Equinox. I am a hundred percent sure. It's like one of these rich people gyms. It's not this like fucking Android user gym that I'm in.
1: <laughs> not this like blue collar <laughs> gym that they're trying to make it out to be.
0: Yeah. So I, I hate Amy. <laughs> She sucks.
1: <laughs> Bottom line, Amy's a bully.
0: Yeah, she's flexing on me. But anyways, Matt Smith, he's playing Charles Manson in a movie from the American Psycho director. It's called Charlie Says, and I did not know this was even happening, but the trailer just dropped and it comes out on VOD and in a limited theatrical release on May 10th, which is like right around the corner. But Matt Smith, who was Doctor Who, is playing Charles Manson in it, and... I watched this trailer. This tra- this movie looks awesome.
1: Yeah, um, this is what a IFC Midnight. Nah, movie? it's not even
0: Midnight. It's IFC Films.
1: No, it's just IFC Films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know, like the last movie of theirs that I watched. I think you know, I feel like we've done probably a few of those for the show, but this actually looks like very high production values. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it looked really good. The- yeah, I'm I'm impressed with it. The trailer looks good. I'm impressed with how much matt smith kind of looks like he looks like charles manson but if he had a big nose
0: yeah um he had like the accent totally locked down it was really (laughs) weird because i i recognized him obviously but I was like, damn, that's, that's crazy. He's got this, like, southern accent locked down. But the the most notable thing here is that Mary Heron, who's the director of American Psycho, she teamed up with the co-writer of American Psycho to do this movie. So
1: Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> where has she been? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't heard her name come up in, like, any recent releases. So I don't know if it's just she's really into this subject matter. If it's, you know, if the... Uh, uh, Ted Bundy tapes came out and kind of revitalized the interest in these kind of serial killer biopic movies. Mm-hmm. But, whatever it is, people seem to be interested in it, and this movie seems to be coming right along with Charlie Says. It, it looks really good, though. I'm, I'm very impressed with the trailer.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely have to do an episode on this. I think we could probably get a screener for it, too. Um, yeah. I'm excited for this. I'm glad that this i'm i'm really happy about this explosion of serial killer content like we've got the ted bundy tapes we've got uh extremely wicked shockingly violent evil we've got case file the podcast we've got last podcast on the left we got this thing we got all these netflix documentaries like evil genius and stuff and <laughs> abducted and played sight which we mm-hmm. we need to do an episode on because that's the most <laughs> fucked up shit i've ever seen it's just it's a really cool time for that stuff because i'm a longtime fan of forensic files and Forensic Files is yeah. good, but it's very cheaply produced. And it's nice to see some real effort going into this stuff.
1: Well, maybe the uh, Unsolved Mysteries oh, comeback yeah, will scratch that itch also. It's a, a big, big boom for the true crime enthusiast at the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, HLN has been airing for like a year every episode of Forensic Files every night. And I've. Re-
1: I thought that was just like a channel like, <laughs> like no, a all channel. they played on that channel was, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was. Uh, forensic files I,
0: but they finished because I got to I, I've been watching it I put it on while I do shit like edit or whatever or I have it on my iPad while I'm playing video games and stuff so um they, they, they got to these episodes where that voice actor like at, they're post his death and those are like the last few episodes because no one could handle that that voice <laughs> actor who narrates every single episode not being there there's like nah, like it was just a massive revolt by the fans. No, to just it's, kill it. It's sickening not hearing that guy's voice. I'm like, I don't care who you are. It could be like John Ham voice. It's, a, it's not right. It's just not right. It's just,
1: just doesn't fit. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that we have this Charles Manson movie to take the place of Sword and Scale, which is canceled because the guy who runs that show can't keep his mouth shut. And managed to piss off the guy who runs um, Lore. An infinitely bigger yeah. podcast than his. And then that guy who runs Who has lore. his
1: own original Amazon show based on his podcast. Yeah,
0: so the guy who runs Lore turned around and got the guy who runs Sword and Scale kicked off his ad network. Which is a pretty, like, it's a pretty baller move. Like, it's not nice. But, like, if you want to flex on the podcast community, that's the way to do it. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't like I mean, this guy. Like, <laughs> off your ad network.
1: <laughs> That's one way to use your influence.
0: Yeah, so we'll have to check this movie out regardless. So this next thing here, this is really cool. It's uh, it's from Blumhouse, and they're working with Issa Mazzeh and Daniel Goldhaber, which, if you've been listening for a while, you know they're the duo behind Cam, which started out as a movie that we both didn't like and ended up being one of my favorite movies of last year. And you, you just still never liked it, right? Yeah. I'm I, i I'm
1: open to giving it another chance. I think I was unfair with my original assessment. I'm not completely against it. I'd, I'd be open to watching it
0: again. <laughs> I, to be fair to the movie, the first time we watched it, we were like, I think we're pretty drunk.
1: <laughs> it was definitely like 9 o'clock on a Saturday or something after we had seen like 8 movies and were drinking.
0: Yeah. And it we it was pretty so, funny. We were already not in, we the were in, best. We were in a joking best formula mood because the old people got up and left. <laughs> we thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. but uh, they're that was a real
1: power up. move on their part.
0: <laughs> they're teaming up again with Blumhouse to make a new movie that's a horror movie, and it's centered on a serial killer. And it's going to be female led again. Obviously, that just like that makes sense. So I don't know. I'm I'm really into what these people can do because even though Blumhouse kind of put out Cam, I think they acquired it after it was made, so I'm sure Cam was made for nothing. Hopefully they get a little more money for whatever they're making next. They said that they're, they're really humble about it. Um, they're being, like, really cool. So I hope this movie's good, whatever they're working on.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I mean, just to say the least, like, love it or hate it, the one thing that that movie did have was a very unique, like, voice and visual style. So I could see... You know, whatever their next project to at least be very ambitious or visually pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah. And so Issa Mize is a former sex worker, and Daniel Goldhaber is like non binary. So whatever they make is going to be probably pretty fucking out there, you know? And uh, she said that it's somewhat autobiographical, but in more of a symbolic way than Cam, obviously, because she hasn't murdered anyone. So she's, (laughs) she's got a good sense of humor. I followed her on Twitter, and she's pretty funny. So, I, I'm just really excited. I think Kim, <laughs> Kim's pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see kind of what their take would be on this, and uh, you know, we we definitely have seen a bit of an influx in kind of female-led movies and TV shows, but it'll be cool to kind of see another one from the perspective of someone who's kind of off. The beaten path, who's a little bit original in their experiences.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see something like that written up in Fangoria. Um, That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I, I could definitely see that being part of it. I mean, if the Fangoria presented puppet master i don't see why, why they wouldn't do something like
0: this <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that one, that one in a bit <laughs> um so a couple of months ago i think we announced or we didn't announce it was announced and we talked about it that friend of the show tom savini you know we we slap high fives <laughs> with him constantly he uh he joined <laughs> trick-or-treat studios to make original masks, like his own mind creations, and we got our first look at those. They're called the Faces of Horror Zombie Mask Collection, and they're all twenty four ninety nine, pretty cheap for a mask, especially from uh, Trick or Treat Studios, which charges sixty for the Halloween masks. And they're they're basic, but they're pretty cool. Like one of them looks like a centibite One of them's like a zombie, and the other one's like I don't know, like a, another zombie. What do you think of these? Uh,
1: Jimmy, they have names. It's Graves Mort and (laughs) Toon. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. You know, I think he put (laughs) as much thought into those names as I put into, like, describing what they look like. (laughs) So, (laughs) those will be shipping out in August or September. But the cool thing about these is they're original creations, but it's just the mask. You can make your own really cool costume surrounding these, you know?
1: Yeah, that's definitely... That's kind of the cool part about it, is they're not... It's not tied to a specific character, so you don't have to have, you know, all these other pieces to make it work and make it realistic. It's just a detailed, hopefully high-quality zombie mask that you can kind of make your own with your own costume for the rest of it. And, I don't know, which one of these do you think you would get if you had to buy one today? Uh, Put your twenty-four ninety-nine <laughs> down.
0: Wow, that's... <laughs> It's a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, <laughs> Your hard earned ninety-nine. Which 99 Which one do you get? The
0: one with no lips. The Cenobite one in the middle. <laughs> which one is he? Mort. I like Mort. Mort? Yeah. Which one would you get?
1: I'm a fan of Tombed. Because he's basically the mummy without the bandages on.
0: Yeah, and his jaws are both offset somehow. <laughs> like his middle teeth are under his right nostril.
1: <laughs> I think his lips just grown over it.
0: Um, I'm looking really close
1: (laughs) but yeah uh, they look pretty cool it's interesting to see that kind of so quickly after his uh, I guess addition to the Trick or Treat studios uh, that he's already has some original products with full mock-ups ready to go
0: yeah this is cool Uh, I, I think you're right to pick Mort though or no to pick whichever one you did I already forgot Tombed Tombed because that one, the eye holes are just uh, the eye holes. But the one I picked, Mort, the eye holes are above the eyes, and I hate that.
1: They're, like, in his eyelids.
0: It's a real thanks, I hate it moment. Where is where is it on... <laughs> where is it on Graves? I can't even see the eye On
1: On Graves? I think when you put it on, you just become him. You're just blind? I, I don't think... <laughs> You just become Graves. You become a zombie. Just
0: walk into walls like... Ugh. Yeah, you become a literal zombie. That's funny. I
1: think that's the trade-off.
0: Uh, so, if it's
1: worth it to you to become a real zombie, get the Graves Tom Savini Faces of Horror Collection mask.
0: There's something wrong with each of these. I'm noticing. Sorry. Graves. <laughs> if you put on Graves, your lips are visible because it's an open-mouthed mask also right we don't know where the eye holes are Mort, the eye holes are above the eyes which looks bad teeth a little <sighs> closer together like i'll give them that but then mm-hmm. tombed i don't see any issue tombed is fine tombed is good i i mean the only issue yeah. i can see is that the mouth might not open but it looks like it opens
1: yeah that thing's got to be a sweat bomb inside
0: it looks like vladimir Putin. If there's no
1: vents in there it does kind of have a bit of a Putin vibe to it.
0: What? I don't like it. I'm scrolling down. I don't want this thing looking at me anymore.
1: It's freaking you out now. Yeah. So now you're on German or uh, Russian surveillance. Now
0: we're going to talk about something even scarier. Rob Zombie's next movie. <laughs> so. Oh boy, three from hell, baby. Ah, uh, we got. Uh, I figured this movie out. Also. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. So uh otis rocks out in prison in the latest shot from rob zombies three from hell he shared a picture of chop top bills mosley on his instagram rocking out in prison so it's cool whatever so this is this is what we've been trying to figure out right george how how the fire how did
1: they survive well they're turned into goo at the end of devil's rejects so how are they alive
0: i've been working on a video about this so i was like digging into the news stories digging into the pictures rob zombie keeps posting as instagram for this movie he's currently editing and even though he's editing it he keeps posting pictures from the camera monitor which makes me want to kill myself um <laughs> basically i think he's just going with this idea that they just didn't die at the end of the Devil's Reject, like they got <laughs> shot because there's bullet wound scars on a lot of the stills of um Baby that have been released, Sherry Moon Zombie. So, mm-hmm. another thing Devil's Rejects was made for $7 million, right? Pretty expensive for the stuff he creates. Uh, right. 31 kind of was
1: more high budget movies.
0: 31 was made for like $5 million and he lost mm-hmm. all of it. <laughs> he didn't make a cent off okay. 31. So, I looked up the budget for Three from Hell, and it's $3 million. And we've seen a lot of pictures released from this movie. A lot of it is prison-based. Everyone's in prison. So what I'm thinking is he has this $3 million budget to bring these characters back. So he's going to say, okay, they didn't die at the end. They went, they went to the hospital, got all patched up. And I think either all or the vast majority of this movie is going to take place in a jail. Because that's a really cheap location to shoot because it's indoors.
1: That makes sense. I could definitely see that being the case. I don't know how I feel about that, but... It's like kind of a lackluster way to end the trilogy, if that is, you know, if it all takes place in one location.
0: Right. But he's bringing everyone It'd be cool if it
1: was like, like if it was their, uh, like the Firefly house, that's, that might be kind of cool because you get to see kind of all the Monstrosities, and it's a kind of visually really interesting. Where you see all the kind of like fucked up trinkets that they have, and mm-hmm. probably souvenirs from their kills and all that. But the a jail is fairly vanilla. It's not that crazy. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing about it that really screams like visually interesting or cool or unique.
0: So I think what could happen here is the majority of this movie is going to take place in a prison, and at the very end they're going to break out. Right, and it's going to tease a new movie and Rob Zombie's probably going into this hoping that people like this return of these characters and makes a bit of money on a $3 million budget I'd say it's pretty safe that he will make some money and then he'll use that to make a full blown movie where they're out of jail they're murdering again they're doing their thing they're rebuilding the house of a thousand corpses this time it's going to be the house of 10,000 corpses that's what I'm thinking Interesting. But if I I
1: knew, if I didn't know the budget, I would. My out there theory is that they did die at the end of Devil's Rejects. They're dead. And this movie is like basically their trial before they go to hell. This like purgatory. The jail is purgatory. Oh. And they're all in there. And they're about to be sentenced for what they did throughout their life. And then. from there
0: they get sent back what happens <laughs> the they get sent <laughs> sent like, to hell
1: or they they wake up on the <laughs> on the freeway where they were just shot into pieces and now they're ready to go on a rampage again
0: <laughs> I like that like they get kicked
1: out of hell hell doesn't even want them kicks them back out they're back in the real they're world
0: like, I need some <laughs> milk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome I like that a lot um yeah so I don't know. I'm, I'm getting more excited for this. I think... I just really want Rob Zombie to come back and make a good movie, because everything you hear about this guy is that he's, like, the coolest dude in real life. I really like his music now. I've become a legitimate Rob Zombie music fan. <laughs> his music is really good. It's like, he has a lot really of really good. awesome, heavy songs. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I want him to... I want him to have a nice comeback. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's, he's fresh off of... Uh, what? Like, 31. And... I watched Lords of Salem, and that movie kicks ass. That movie's awesome. I just want him to have a certified hit again so he can get a real budget in the future.
1: I think if, if any one of his movies could revitalize his like director viewership, it would probably be this series. I think Three from Hell, you know, being the closing movie to this trilogy that was probably his most unique and original vision... Um, like the one that's most associated with him, I'd say this is probably the the best shot he has at kinda getting a big push, a big boost. I agree. Back into the spotlight.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited. I I like figuring this stuff out. It's fun to speculate and everything. But you don't have a news story on here and I'm really pissed about it. So both JobLow.com and Dread Central wrote up this video from these guys named Three C Films and me. Where we did a two-part video about the reactions to the test screenings of Child's Play. And uh, that was very nice of them. They wrote up our videos. So I did part one where I asked Chris questions about the test screening or whatever. And then he did part two and asked me questions. And I'm going to sum this up for you, George. The test screening reactions. What's the
1: consensus? What do people think of the test screenings? Uh, they... How, is, is the new Child's Play going to be... The movie of the year, 2019, going
0: to the Oscars. No, no. They range from <laughs> extremely mediocre to bad. People are not okay. happy. Um, to be fair, in all fairness, things always change after test screenings. And the reason the reason they're doing the test screening is so they can see what's wrong with the movie. I mean, everything's right, shot. Right, see what
1: works and what doesn't work. It's
0: mostly for pacing. So they can re-edit, re-change some things around. It's not going to be like Halloween where they change the entire ending, I would guess. But the biggest problem people had was that the doll looks like shit he's got cgi all over his face um he uses drones i guess and other kaslan products to do a lot of the killing uh but Mm -hmm. a lot of people want to know what he sounds like he didn't have a voice in this screening the animatronics guy was doing all of the lines for chucky so they did say though that they have an a-list actor cast to play chucky in this movie um
1: that's deeply strange Yeah, (laughs) that you'd release a text screening for this movie, and you don't even have the final voice down for the main character.
0: and at first I was like, well, you know, it comes out in June. (laughs) It comes out in June. You know, it's it's pretty far away. And then I thought about the fact that, like, June is not that far away. But, you know what's weird? It's kind of, like, full circle with the original Child's Play, because the original Tom Holland thought it would be a good idea to have Jessica Walter do the voice for Chucky. So the test screenings for that... Had Lucille from Umbrella Development doing Chucky's voice, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is this? This is terrible." So then they—that's z-
1: kind of awesome in a whole different
0: way. <laughs> yeah. So Don Mancini was like, busted into the editing room, was like, "Time to fix this movie, boys!" And he was like, "Brad duriff we already recorded your lines. I'm going to use them." And then he got to like fix some things with it, so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the test screening reactions were not great. Do you think it's beyond saving? I mean, I didn't think it was like going to be good from the start, but <laughs> I don't know. I heard that it has a lot of heart. It earns its R rating and uh, the, the like Stranger Things aspect of it, the kids, that's all good. It's just mm-hmm. the Chucky isn't, which that goes one way or the other for me. I'm glad that he's different. He's killing people in different ways. They've modernized this story because I don't want to watch the same fucking movie I've already seen. But Right. I don't know. I think it's about. I think it's gonna be on par with what we've been been anticipating. Like a very serviceable reboot that really isn't gonna go anywhere.
1: And it like legally can't go anywhere anyway. Right. So, <laughs> it just is gonna be a cash grab. See how much money it could possibly make, and then step away. This movie is like and a Kickstarter for uh,
0: RoboCop Two. Basically, like that's what I feel like. <laughs> cuz from the start they were like what can we get out as quick as possible child's play they like had this script mm-hmm. they they were like we got to fast track this movie like i think this movie's production is less than a year <laughs> so it really does feel like the kickstarter reward for funding robocop from neil blomkamp is getting to see this like reboot of child's play
1: i mean the release is in 3 months they don't even have the voice done yet for chucky like <laughs> That's not a lot of time to record lines <laughs> and, like, cut a movie.
0: It's like, why does it have to be an A-list actor? So, the reason I thought this could be is because the Chucky is voice recognition. He can connect to the internet. And I feel like he's going to, mm. like, watch a commercial or something. Or, like, you know, go online yeah. and pick a celebrity voice. And it's going to be a kind of tongue-in-cheek joke. Which I I would like that. I think that's pretty funny. Like, if he's got... Yeah. Someone on my YouTube channel said that they, wish, they think it should be Willem Dafoe.
1: Which would be fucking awesome. Yeah,
0: that would be so sick, dude, (laughs) if it was Willem Dafoe. Uh, But everyone's like, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds, (laughs) because he voices, like, everything, you know? (laughs) Because he's the new
1: voice guy. Yeah, he's,
0: like, Pikachu and everything, but...
1: The best would be if it was Danny DeVito.
0: Oh, God, it would be so good. That's what I was saying. I was like, I want it to be Danny DeVito.
1: (laughs) He's just, like, this short, stout little guy. He's like, hello! Yeah can i offer you an egg in this trying time Everyone's everyone's
0: like maybe it'll be brad duroff it's like a not an a-list actor b said multiple times he doesn't want this movie to be made so i can personally guarantee it's not going to be brad duroff like but a, i think it's crazy that it earns its r rating because the audience for this movie is like 13 to 16 year old kids yeah
1: that's really strange to me because I, I mean you have a little bit of a insider knowledge because you've been making videos on this, you can kind of see demographics on YouTube of who's watching your videos, and it seems like the big push for this movie, all the huge fans that are going rabid for it, skew younger. They skew, like, early to mid-teenage years, not so much 18 to 20-something.
0: Right, which... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't know, dude. But WonderCon, <laughs> WonderCon is in a couple of weeks, and I guess they're showing more footage there. So hopefully they have something recorded of Chucky's voice for that, because that's all they really have left to show is what Chucky's going to look like. But you know that Rodney Dangerfield-looking doll that we've, that I've, we've talked about on the show and I've shown you? <laughs> yes. It looks like that. Yeah. That was confirmed.
1: Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> Confirmed? That's what the doll looks like? Yeah.
0: Everyone's like, his, a lot of the reactions are like, his head is massive. So... <laughs> i don't know i don't
1: know man it's it's gonna be a weird one for sure
0: yeah and the benefit of this podcast is that i can talk honestly and openly about this movie and i won't get called gay by a bunch of (laughs) nine-year-olds which is what consistently happens on youtube that's that's the best defense anyone has for this movie calling me gay
1: well They got a point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a very strong logic. Yeah. They have built up a very, you know, very detailed argument. It's like, how do you fight against that? Yeah.
0: You're right. (laughs) So, I don't know. It'll be out in three months and we'll never have to think about it again. But, um,
1: yeah, because it'll be, it'll, uh, my my assumption is (laughs) it'll have decent to big numbers for the first two weeks and then no one will ever talk about it
0: again. I think this movie's going to make bank, dude. I think this movie's pulling in 50 to 60 million. Like opening Seriously. weekend, yeah, dead serious. Like it has so much hype, it's ridiculous. Like all the websites I heard about it, <laughs> like the terrifying new trailer for Child's Play, and like every time I say anything remotely negative about it, it's it. It makes people so mad. If I like, anything, the anything remotely negative. So <laughs> I think it's gonna make a lot of money, and then I, I think it, so. It was made for nine million dollars blumhouse size budget. So there's
1: no way it won't make money.
0: Right. So it's gonna... I think it's gonna get all of its money in the opening weekend. But I think it'll I mean, be probably... I,
1: I would assume it make more than $9 million its opening weekend.
0: Yeah. I think it's gonna be like $40 million its opening weekend. And that's how much it's gonna <sighs> that make. Seems like
1: <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a lot. That seems I mean... I, I'll, I'll trust you on this one, but that seems like a huge opening for this movie. I don't see the analytics, though. I'm just looking at me personally, and my own excitement for this movie is like a 3. Negative
0: 7. <laughs> I don't know. The, that first trailer was not bad. It was a, it was pretty solid. First trailer was solid. It was a good tease. But because of all the terrible rumors that had leaked out before it, everyone was kind of down on it. Because they're like, well, if they're not showing Chucky, like obviously something's fucking wrong with this doll. Like, right. They know we want to see it because we've heard so many bad things about it. Um, I don't know we'll we'll just have to wait and see WonderCon's I think the 29th that's where they're showing the next footage so we'll definitely talk about it after that but in some more promising news there's another Stephen King adaptation announced this one's called The Talisman and so you made the stock I read this headline and I was like ah shit another Stephen King adaptation great but I, I read the story for it and I'm like this sounds fucking sick dude uh chris sparling who did buried is writing the adaptation and in the talisman jack sawyer 12 years old is about to begin a most fantastic journey an exulting terrifying quest for the mystical talisman the only thing that can save his dying mom but to reach his goal he's got to make his way not only across the breadth of the united states but also through the menacing parallel world of the territories uh he discovers twinners on the other side of this like dimension or whatever they're like. Evil versions of the people he knows His challenges He's gotta go between the worlds It's like Zelda A Link Between Worlds But it's like modern day-ish This sounds awesome
1: Yeah The weirdest thing about this story is So The Talesman is a book I haven't It's been way under my radar I've never heard of it really until I saw this But it's a co, it's Co-written It's co by Stephen King And this guy Peter Straub and Steven Spielberg has owned the rights to this book since the 80s like wanting to make an adaptation of it where there was at one point they were going to turn it into a six hour TNT miniseries but now they scrapped that and now it's back on being a big screen major theatrical release. From
0: Amblin which is awesome
1: (sighs) yeah so we got the Spielberg Spielberg's touching this and it's going to be a big deal.
0: He's brushed the tip of his tongue across the script. <laughs> He's blurred some of it the, the cool words. It sounds cool, though.
1: Like, uh, like, I I wouldn't really expect uh, King to have any kind of... Like, you can see the elements of this where there's some dark darkness when they pass over into the territories and there's you know evil versions of the people he knows kind of like us or that episode of the twilight zone yeah and you can see like there's probably some horror elements to it but it also is this like very fantastical story seems like there's a lot of you know it's like a magic talisman in it and stuff so it's like spielberg that's like right up his alley he loves that kind of shit
0: yeah and mike baker who's the director of the handmaid's tale which is a show that i hear is very good he's directing the movie which sounds great that's fine with me that show looks really dark um, I think Yeah
1: it's definitely dark
0: I started reading the novel today at work a little bit I just was just skimming through it And the way the kid realizes Jack That he's on a parallel dimension Is he like comes out of this portal or whatever Runs up to his dog at his house He's like oh Max whatever What's up Max And he's like oh shit this isn't Max This dog is a way bigger nutsack than Max
1: <laughs> God damn I had you going there <laughs> I hate you so much
0: When did you realize that I was going there?
1: When you were like, he gets really close to Max. I was like, you fucking prick.
0: (laughs) Okay, you can handle the next story then.
1: All right. Netflix, after Bandersnatch's success, is doubling down on interactive content. So uh, once the Black Mirror spinoff Bandersnatch was released, it was a little bit of a, a peek into... Netflix has done a few of these kind of interactive um, movies where they have even some of the Telltale games, like the Minecraft Telltale game. You can play it on Netflix where you can make choices. Uh, Banner Snatch was a little bit different because it was like more time-based and there was a, a real... you know, It was a, a episode of a TV show with like 17 paths or something as opposed to a game that has already options in it where it's just choosing the options. It was a little bit different spin on that but uh after the huge hit on it especially in India uh they s- who s- they said that they're doubling down on it and so to expect over the next year or two to see more interactive storytelling through Netflix
0: i'm fine with that the that- snatch was really cool i don't it seemed like people were so down on it it's like every time one of these new things comes out that's actually like new and exciting And it's actually good. You've always got a website out there like Kotaku or something. It was like, actually, this fucking sucks. And I didn't get it with this. I thought Banner Snatch was awesome. It had a really cool 80s vibe. It was well shot. The story was really fun. The joke endings were all pretty good. The actual plot was kind of standard, but I feel like it has to be. And if that's the first version of this, imagine what it's going to be like in five years.
1: Right. If that's like the beta of testing out this technology... When it can be way more fleshed out, this is gonna be a really cool. I like I thought Bandersnatch was actually a really cool, you know, choose your own adventure thing. Like, I just thought that was a not only was the story cool, like the the idea of Bandersnatch and making the game and and having choices, but just being able to pick and choose. I think that's kind of a really interesting take on where media. And the line between video games and movies can kind of be blurred in an an interesting, fun way.
0: Right. I really liked those Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps books when I was a kid. I used to read those a ton. And having something like that, like a horror movie, like Until Dawn, it feels like the logical next step of Until Dawn and whatever they're working on, you know, because they're doing their dark pictures thing, but it's still a video game you're playing. I kind of want to see the horror movie equivalent of Until Dawn, basically.
1: Right, if they can cut out the kind of wonky open-world areas or the button prompts and just have points in the movie where you make a choice. You have five seconds, choose. Do you want to go this path or this path? I think that could be a really cool experience and something that obviously is proved can work. We saw it in Bandersnatch. It's really simple to, you know, it works on everything, a TV remote, game controller, anything you have Netflix on, you can use some kind of input. To make choices, so it's the easiest way possible for people to be be interactive with their media, and it's just a really cool idea. And I could see this being a huge hit in the future.
0: I played Bandersnatch on my iPad, and it was such a good experience, top to bottom. And we, me and you, fucked around with it on your TV, and it was with a PS4 controller, Mm -hmm. and it was just as good. So I don't know. I'm really excited. I want to see more of this stuff. I obviously don't want it to be their main focus. But Netflix makes so much content that them doubling down on one thing like this doesn't mean that's all they're making. It means they're just going to have more of right. it on top of everything else. So,
1: And it's just a really cool technology. So to see that kind of explored and improved is just good for anything, really.
0: Yeah. And even more exciting, we got the official art for Shutter's The Last Drive-In weekly series. <laughs> and it's awesome it's so good it's joe bob briggs he's yeah. kind of like lording over his set You've got the little lizard and everything and I, I saw a teaser from fright rags that they're making a shirt of this which is really exciting because both of my joe bob shirts the necks stretched out and i washed one of them and the printing got kind of crooked so i don't want to keep wearing them because they're getting kind of blown out so i'm really excited i'll be able to buy some new shirts but we talked about this last week joe bob's coming back on march 29th all the way until may 24th there's going to be a double feature broadcast live every week uh, every friday at 6 p.m pacific time i am so stoked dude it's just this is such a cool thing
1: yeah um like i i'm all for this as much as they'll as much as joe bob is willing to make of these however many episodes he wants to make let him do it just whatever movie he wants buy it for him just give him free reign and just let him talk. Just put the camera on that man and let him do whatever he wants.
0: He's so good. It's awesome. And I just did the mission in Red Dead uh, where they, it, this was so cool. It was the graveyard shootout. This isn't a spoiler. Mm-hmm. This It was a graveyard shootout and they play the Phantasm theme over it. And I would have never <laughs> known yeah. that if I didn't watch the Chopop pop Phantasm thing a couple weeks ago. I thought that was awesome. So I'm really excited for this but there's not really yeah, much more to say. Awesome. We had a full discussion about it last week. You can go listen to that. Next up, Dan Stevens, the boy from The Guest, which is an incredible movie, he's teaming up with Alison Brie to star in a movie called The Rental, directed by Dave Franco, which is a crazy sentence. But The Rental... Yeah, <laughs> weirdest headline,
1: yeah. maybe on the whole doc.
0: It's... uh. <laughs> It's written. It's written by Joe Swanberg, which is great because we were just talking about a couple weeks ago how we really want these people like Ty West, A.J. Bowen, Joe Swanberg to come back and do some horror stuff. And now we have a script from Joe Swanberg and Dave Franco, uh, and it's a movie about a. It's a horror thriller about two couples who rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway, which is a very simple plot. But that sounds good for a first time director. I want to see what Dave Franco can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never heard of him being interested in writing or directing before. But, I mean, he's one of those actors that's primarily been in kind of comedic roles or, you know, in comedies and that I that sort of thing. So, I think it's been proven in the past. People who are involved with comedies make very good horror writer-directors. Yeah. So, I think it's a, you know, I could see him being good as a writer-director for something like this. And we know Dan Stevens obviously can do the action portion after, you know, what he's done in The Guest. We know he can be a badass, so if there's situations in this where he kind of has to step up and be the action hero, savior, you know, you, you won't really see Dan Stevens running away from a fight, I'd assume.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm I'm really excited to see whatever this is because it's, it's really a no-lose situation because if it's bad, it's just going to go away forever. You're never going to hear about it again. But if it's good, it'll mean we get more horror movies from... Dave Franco but hopefully he sticks around with Joe Swanberg who I just I really like Joe Swanberg dude he's a good actor he's a good writer he's a good director he did a lot of the VHS he did a couple VHS shorts he's in one of the best Mm -hmm. shorts in VHS 1 he's in the sacrament like that dude's just awesome and I I want him and Ty West to come back I want that whatever year House of the Devil and VHS and all that came out I want that year back that was the best year for horror dude so I mean good. we've
1: had last year was also pretty damn good. I mean there's a lot of excellent excellent movies. It's like, oh yeah, we got Hereditary.
0: Year. It's one of the best movies ever made. Oh, but is it VHS two? I don't think so. Is it House of the Devil? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it The Sacrament? No. Is it the Guest? No. Those are great movies. Hereditary. Yeah. Oh, Hereditary. It's just the best horror movie of the past twenty years. <laughs> what does that mean? Big deal. Yeah, big deal. Probably
1: twenty eighteen
0: hereditary oh it's a perfect movie yeah okay whatever I'm trying to insult it by saying things I actually believe yeah 2018 but up uh, whatever
1: uh, filming for this begins in April so hopefully we'll get like a early 2020 release date
0: yeah April this April I would say yeah I would say like like april or may or maybe they hold it till october depending on if it's going to be theatrical or vod i don't know but
1: but probably sometime next year you think
0: just hopefully not january or february that's that's when you get scared
1: (laughs) that's when it's a little worrying (laughs) yeah
0: uh i would i would hope it's definitely going to be 2020 though if it's vod it'll probably come out may i would say And if it's a theatrical movie, I would say August or September. That's my prediction. I mean, a summer
1: getaway out in, like, May or June would be pretty good timing.
0: Yeah, someone write this down, and then let (laughs) let me know next May what I said, if I was right or not, because I'll forget. (laughs) And speaking of movies that are reminiscent of that beautiful year's... I don't know if any of these movies came out in the same year where we got... <laughs> I don't know if Creep <laughs> House
1: the 1 Devil. or 2 came out in, in that year. But,
0: <laughs> but no, Cre- Creep 3, right? Creep 3 and Creep 2 and Creep 1, those are all reminiscent of those movies, right? Like, that's a fair statement.
1: Yeah. Like, they definitely drew inspiration or
0: like, or at least uh, Starry Eyes. more
1: familiar with the source material. Yeah, definitely. Remember that?
0: When we were watching, like, it was right after we graduated college. Or no, right after I graduated. Because you graduated the year after me. So it was that summer between your final year and right after I graduated, we would watch like a horror movie every night, and we had all those sick yeah. movies, dude. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, that was great. So anyways, The Creep 1 and 2, those movies are very reminiscent of those beautiful times in Georgia and I's life. Our friend Danielle and our other friend Anthony, they have a podcast called... Uh, something ghoulish cast or ghoulish cast they sat down with patrick bryce who's the director slash writer of creep one and two he's working on creep three and they asked him about it and he said we found an idea that we're really excited about one of the things we want to keep true to these movies is that they're still small scale keeping that focus tight letting it be something we're sort of that sort of orbits around mark's character we found something we're really excited about we're still in the process of writing so uh creep three is coming we've known that for a while." it seems like it's farther off than we thought which is a little disappointing but I'm still excited nonetheless
1: yeah I'd say if this is on par with uh, Creep 1 and 2 this is going to be a real powerhouse trilogy I don't know if they'll be as consistent a series as the Creep series if 3 is as good as 1 and 2
0: I'm wearing a Creep 2 shirt right now that I really like but Desiree (laughs) Akban's inclusion in Creep 2 that brought that series to a whole another level her character was great is the counter to Aaron. Um, I, I really Yeah, so hope she comes back.
1: Really like turn the whole plot on its head. Just such an interesting way to like interact with that character that, you know, now we'll get to see a little bit of expansion on that. I don't want to spoil the under creep two, but uh, you know, I feel like there's definitely gonna be some more confrontation between those characters or at least interaction in some way. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that takes off from, from where we left him at the end of Creep 2.
0: Right. But another tidbit that um, Patrick Bryce shared is that he just got hired to direct another film that is very much a horror film and it's on a much bigger scale than any of the Creep movies. I want to know what that is because that dude's a fucking masterpiece maker. Like I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for whatever he's working on.
1: Yeah, so I, I'd assume it's something that was it's very early in the stages if he can't say what it is um but i think watch watch for his name and whatever he's attached to that's gonna be pretty damn good yeah
0: god i'm so excited i want to see creep 3 so thanks danielle for asking that like did i listen to the podcast because i wanted to hear this not read it she's straight up Mm -hmm. right at the beginning it's like yo what's going on with creep 3 (laughs) like right out of the gate and he was like oh well let me tell you everything i know
1: asking those hard-hitting questions that we all want the answers to yeah
0: so virtual round of applause for danielle um she's rl slime (laughs) in the discord so that's it for the news this week we're going to take a quick break and be back with segment two which is about puppet master littlest right Okay, guys, we're back from our quick break here, and instead of talking about something that's kind of relevant, like horror noir, which we will get to eventually, we decided that we should talk about Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, which just launched on Shudder. It's been out for a little while, but this is a reboot of the Puppet Master series, and that's pretty much all I knew about it. But if you watch... Yeah,
1: very long-running franchise.
0: Yeah, so have you watched any of the other ones?
1: Uh, this is actually the first Puppet Master movie I've, I've watched.
0: Okay, so... I've seen a few of them on sci fi, and this was pretty similar. But the reason I thought this was noteworthy is that I saw that Fangoria kind of produced it through their parent company, Cinestate. And another noteworthy mm-hmm. fact is that S. Craig Zoller, who's a novel writer turned movie writer director, the guy behind Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Block 99, wrote this movie, which was a surprise after watching it. <laughs> Uh
1: that's that's putting it very lightly.
0: <laughs> it stars Thomas Lennon from Reno 911 and it stars Jenny Pellicer as Ashley Summers and Nelson Franklin, Franklin as Thomas's boss and best friend Markowitz. And Barbara Crampton is also in it as Officer Car- Carol Dorsky. And basically there's a convention about this guy who made these puppets who was a Nazi in this small Texas town and the dolls are brought back to life and they start killing everyone. What did you think of this movie, George?
1: <laughs> I thought it was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> uh, so I I had fun with it. I just I don't know how to really I don't I don't know how I felt about it because I thought it was a fun so movie. So it's abso-
1: it's absolutely a B movie. It's very cheesy intentionally. I believe all the extra cheese factor and it you know, the way the puppets kind of run around and the way it's filmed where their shoulders kind of bounce up and down like they're running Mm -hmm. and, like, the bad effects of clearly the flame shooting out of the puppet's hand and it burning, like, uh, (laughs) like a mannequin's head instead of a real person, obviously, like, does not look real (laughs) at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think all that is very intentional. I think they know that's kind of the tone they were going for. It's supposed to be kind of a comedy horror movie. It's supposed to have those cheesy moments and just be kind of a fun gore fest right and there's a lot of gore in it
0: i I thought the setup was actually pretty cool so thomas lennon he's freshly divorced i think or broken up with he's moved back in with his parents and his dad's like yo i found these dolls upstairs you want to like sell them on ebay and he starts looking into these dolls and he realizes that there's like a convention or whatever where everyone's meeting up to auction them off so it's that's kind of like the catalyst to get him to this town and I thought that was that all worked pretty well. It is a lot like an 80s style B movie. You know, there's like a lot of nudity, a lot of gore, but I it has a surprising amount of heart where I was able to kind of get past a lot of the technical issues. I think it was like it looked too good for what kind of movie it is. Like they shot it with very nice equipment. It's very clear. It's a very high definition movie, but it feels like it should have been yeah, shot even on Yeah, if they film. put
1: like if they put, like, a film, even just a digital film grain on it, I think that would have gone a long way to kind of selling the feel of the movie. Yeah,
0: I completely agree with that. And, like like you were just saying, it was weird how, you know, you don't actually see the dolls killing anyone. They're all they're always shot from the waist up. There's a drone one who's very poorly CGI'd into every scene he's in. Yep. And the way these Terrible. kills play out is, like, the doll makes the motion... So you see the person's face or whatever, then you see that it cuts to the doll with, in its own little shot, and then it cuts back, and then the person's already fucked up. You don't see the doll actually doing right. anything. So the makeup work is really good, it's just not put together well, I would say.
1: Yeah, like none of it... it like it's edited weird. Like there's no... There are scenes of the dolls like having a weapon... And then, like, doing a stabbing motion, and then it's like the person stabbed. So it's not really like, you don't, you see a lot of gore, but you don't necessarily like care about it. I mean, the, it's the fun. gore in this movie is ju- it's just over the top to be over the top. I think this movie I mean, would have <laughs> benefited movie, from me and you. You won't see in anything else.
0: Yeah, I feel like me if we if you and I watched this together in real life over a couple of beers, I feel like we would have had a lot of fun with it. But just watching it and on I think its own, that's
1: that's the ideal setting to watch this in. Yeah. It's a type of movie where you get together with some buddies, you slam a 30 rack, and you just put this on in the background. Like, it's just meant to be stupid fun. It's not, you know, like, the dialogue is terrible, the characters are, like, just kind of likable enough to to move it along, and I think the pacing of the movie is really weird because it's like, as soon as the killings start, like, 30-ish minutes in, it just... Once they start, it doesn't stop for the rest of the movie. For the next hour, (laughs) it's all kills. It's like, you'll see a scene where someone's talking to someone, and the next scene, someone's getting their head cut off, or or a puppet is pulling a fetus out of a woman's stomach. Dude, that kill was
0: insane. That So there's a kill in this movie, sorry for spoiling it, it's been out for a while, where a pregnant lady is laying on a bed, and the doll comes up through her back and out of her pregnant belly, holding the fetus, and it walks across the bed with the... I was, that was awesome. That was a great kill. I have no problems with It was fucking sick. Or the guy sick.
1: who's pissing in the toilet, and then the
0: drone cuts his head off, yeah. so the guy's head falls in the toilet, and he pisses on his own face. <laughs> so... you're credit where it's due the kills in this movie are great i also really like that it took place in texas you know that's not a very common you know location for a movie to take place which makes sense because cine state and fangoria are both based in texas it was obviously done on a really small budget and i I feel like they stretched that as far as they could i Uh, think we
1: know that most of the budget was spent on making the puppets look good yeah
0: and the kills Um. like the gore
1: yeah, and, and having as much gore in the movie as possible. That's where 90% of the budget Can went. Can
0: you imagine how well this movie would play in a the theater of people who... Like, at a festival or something?
1: At, like, a grindhouse theater. Like, at a real a real drive-in.
0: Oh, at a drive-in. It'd be awesome. This
1: would kill. This would absolutely kill. Or, like,
0: in Telluride. I, I'm pretty sure it showed at Telluride. Yeah. It This would be such a fun movie to see. It's weird, because it's, like, in my brain, my critic brain is, like, this is a terrible movie. But my, like horror fan brain is like, this is a really fun movie. I had a blast. I I honestly really had a fun time watching it.
1: I mean, it's a bad movie, but it's intentionally bad. It's bad for the sake of entertainment value. You know, it's not trying to be You know, this well-written story and with these compelling characters and and moral dilemmas. It's there. It's a vehicle to show all these insane kills and have these puppets murder people. I mean, it's not the best written thing in the world. The actors are paper thin, but if you're just, you know, you want something to just throw on in the background while you and your friends are hanging out and have a few beers, or you just want some very schlocky B-movie, this is, this fits the ticket completely.
0: Yeah. I really don't like that it introduces an awesome monster at the end of the movie and then ends on a massive cliffhanger with it. That really (laughs) bugged me. It's like, because you don't know if it's going to get a sequel.
1: Right. Right. Like, I could see this movie either... Like, I, I know the budget was very small, but I could see it just not hitting with anybody. Like, I don't know, just through distribution or whatever, just not a lot of people seeing it. Um, and, and then it just never being able to continue on. But through through Perseverance, this series has never stopped. I mean, it's been going since who, when the first one came out in, like probably early 80s puppet master one (laughs) yeah and i I mean that that
0: franchise is also still going the guy who made the original puppet master was like no i'm independently making a sequel to my own franchise (laughs) so it's alive and well yeah so
1: it's a franchise that you can't keep down no matter what there will be a sequel but i'd like to see this story continue in in some way shape or form
0: yeah so it's on shutter Honestly, if you have friends over and you want to watch like a fun 80s style B horror movie, this is this is one that's worth watching, I think. If you're looking for a great horror movie, this is not it. If you're looking for something like no. <laughs> if you're looking for something like Bone Tomahawk or Brawl in Block 99, this is not the movie for you. If you've like found yourself on this movie's page by like looking at S Craig Zoller's Wikipedia page or IMDb, do not watch this movie. But no, it's it's entirely different from those (laughs) if you're looking for a fun time with your friends you really can't go wrong with it i i think it's yeah it definitely is in the so bad it's good territory but it also has a lot of heart and it is it is well written i feel like the script was just written for a bigger budget than it got
1: yeah and i think it's kind of written to be intentionally fitting into this b-movie mold yeah so like it's supposed to be kind of like, the dialogue's supposed to be kind of wonky and weird, and there's supposed to be nudity and weird deaths and everything. It's it's not supposed to flow perfectly. Right.
0: There's a shot where they go through this guy's house, the Nazi guy who made the dolls, and they're, Barbara Crampton is this cop who's taking people on a tour, which in itself is weird, and she's like, oh, by the way, notice that there's holes cut into the bed. And then they just linger on this shit-stained mattress for, like, a full minute. <laughs> but, and, you know what i'm gonna go into the technical aspects for one second here this the audio mixing in this movie is so fucking terrible like the dialogue is all it's like a marvel movie the dialogue is at volume one and all of the gunshots and action are at volume 900 and the soundtrack right. is not utilized well at all it is a very like epic strings soundtrack that is just playing over scenes. Like the scene where everyone's trying to escape the hotel and all the dolls. Yeah, are it's just chaos. It's just it's like, just like- <laughs> But the music doesn't match at all. So it's like very slow paced no. music and this very quick paced scene. It's like what is going on here? Like, I don't know. But I had a I had a great time watching this movie. I, I was um I was just chilling on the couch, uh playing Hollow Knight while I watched it and it was a great movie to have on while I was doing that. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: I, I definitely recommend it, it with the right mindset going in. I mean, it, it's definitely a fun B-movie, and if you just want to see a gore fest, then I'd say this is a good choice, but like you were saying, if if you're looking for something with a great story or characters, this is not, <laughs> not the one to watch.
0: Right. So, if I had to rate it, I'd give it like a 2.5 out of 5. Like a 5 out of 10.
1: Yeah. I I probably put it somewhere around that range.
0: All right. Well, if you have Shutter, you can go check out Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, whenever you want. It's it's on there for the foreseeable future. Do you have anything else to say, George?
1: Um, Shutter has added a few more like pretty good uh, movies this month. I think Army of Darkness is on there now. So I'd say browse around Shutter's new category. They also released a schedule for what they're adding throughout the month. So. Keep, keep your eye on them, because they got some good stuff coming.
0: Bye.